to the NC Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host and founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. Before we get started today, I have to let you know about two freebies, which you guys need to have. If you haven't got it already, you have to go and get it. Number one, my master spreadsheet, which is a spreadsheet that you can use to manage your property portfolio from wherever you are. Trust me, when I'm abroad, I have this one spreadsheet, a Skype phone line on my computer and my MacBook, which fits in my handbag. And that is what I run my property portfolio from. So if you want that, go to ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash master spreadsheet. I'm going to put that link in the show notes below. And number two, you need my free working paper, COVID-19 and property investment in the UK. I am updating this regularly with all of the research that I'm doing on what's going on in the industry, how you can make sure that you can still rent out your property where necessary, what you can do to minimize costs, um, what anything else that you need to know about property investment right now. So head on over to ncrealestatemembersclub.com forward slash COVID-19. Again, that link is going in the show notes below. So do use these resources. I don't just put them out there for fun. I actually put them out there for you to use. So do make sure that you go and download that. Right. Let's get into today's show. Today, I'm very excited. I've got Laura Muse from iSquared Property with me. Laura has an extensive sales and marketing background and is the face of the company. Investors, relationships, funding, property acquisition, property management are her key areas in iSquared Property. Laura also co-hosts a PPN Limited Spa and is a public speaker, as well as the host of the podcast, The Social Property Premier Podcast. I just butchered that, Laura. I'm sorry. That is a mouthful. <laughs> Say the name of your podcast, Property Premier. I'm terrible. Property Premier. <laughs> I can barely say entrepreneur, so. I hey. struggle and I've got an accent, so don't worry. <laughs> Welcome to the NC podcast, Laura. It is a pleasure. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure. So today we are going to be going through investing in property via social media, which is more topical than ever. More topical. 100%. (laughs) We are in strange times and being online is something that we just have to deal with on a daily basis because that's our new normal, right? Yes. Can I ask you first, though, how are you doing with COVID-19? How is everything in property, like, everything okay? Have you seen anything go wrong or are things all right? Um, For us, not a lot's changed, I'm going to be really honest. Um, We, obviously, we have our lettings and management company for our own properties and our investors. So we are literally just speaking to our tenants a lot more regularly, open line of communication, we haven't had anyone who said they're not paying anything. Um, they're happy to pay something. And that's only happened with one that's gone out of the country. So at the moment, we're okay. Obviously, as next month comes, I'm sure that might change slightly, especially because we've got a few commercial units, as in like a, a sweet shop and, you know, they need footfall in store. Mm-hmm. So that might change slightly, but we're not overly worried because obviously we can put a payment plan in place. 
Um, and we know that they will pay that back because um, when we screen our tenants, we go into quite a lot of depth. In regards to um, purchasing properties, so we've still got quite a few going through conveyancing. So that hasn't really changed. Um, Maybe slowballing that slightly, just for our own benefit. Um, we've still got refurbs going on. So um, we've got a buy-to-let refurb going on at the moment. So we've got one trade going in at a time. And then we've got a new build development, which that's pretty in front of schedule, to be honest. Um, we might struggle once we get up to the roof. But apart from that, our apart from spending a lot more time in the house mm-hmm. <laughs> um things haven't really changed for us and obviously we do a lot on social media so we're very digital in our business yep. so yep. if we weren't maybe there would be a bigger shift in what we're doing but because we were kind of there anyway we've just been able to tweak it and fine-tune it um and make it a little bit more fluent so yeah not a lot's changed for us I'm not gonna lie I'm glad to hear that I'm glad to hear that so let's go back to the start why did you get involved in property? Oh, long or short version. <laughs> um, so, 2015, um, unfortunately, I lost my mum um, and a couple of other members of my family, separate instances, but um, unfortunately that happened. And for us, me and James, my husband, we he had um, a very... A large renewable energy business in Sheffield where we are in the UK and it took a lot of his time working very long hours and um, I had a very high pressured sales and marketing job for an equestrian retailer so we used to um, work with the US and Australian offices as well so really high pressured job working way too many hours and the realization of losing quite a few family members in a very short period of time was actually we haven't been able to spend that time with them because we've been working Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really what we wanted to do going forward um so 2016 we had our little girl um Isabel so she's nearly four and we just thought something's got to give we've got to change something in his lives we had a few properties already which my husband um had acquired two just normal buy-to-lets and then during 2015 whilst I fell pregnant he um, did a new build project which was two shops and two flats mm-hmm. as well as us trying to run businesses obviously I took early maternity leave um, and it was just too much so he sold out his business we took a chunk of money from that and then we just started, um, he went first, should I say. So he kind of 2016 went into property full time. The idea was to go into developments. That's what his plan was. I didn't really know too much about property at that point. I was just up there kind of holding on these tailcoats um, saying, yeah, this is a great idea. Um, and I was very passionate about um, my background, which was the equestrian trade. So I set up my own business while I was on maternity leave um, and thought, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. 2018 come, um, we hadn't started the new build project. We had a realisation that actually we've wasted about 18 months, well, 12 to 18 months here with planning. Um, so we'd not even acquired planning on the new build project. So like I said, the the um, buy-to-lets that we already had was not enough to support our income. Luckily, we had savings. 2018, in September, 
um, I decided that I was away from home too much with my new venture. Um, I thought having my own business, I'd be working more um, convenient hours. That was not the case. <laughs> so um, September 18, we both sat down one night and said, right, what are we going to do? The next day I shut my business down. We both started working in property together. I went and did some uh, property training. The great thing about my husband is he's been in the industry for a long time, as in prior to doing it full time, he's an electrician by trade and has had multiple businesses in Sheffield. So I literally went out with him to refurbs, costing up refurbs, learned as much on the ground as possible. And that's kind of where it started from, really. Mm -hmm. The old, probably cliche, time and money. Yeah, amazing. So what strategy have you used to build your property portfolio? So like I say, originally it was going to be new builds, but obviously we all know with that, it's a little bit feast and famine. So we kind of went back to basics and over the last 12 months, we've just focused on buy to lets. We've got a couple of, um, so we've got one mini HMO in that portfolio, but the rest are um, all buy to lets. So we bought nine last year. Um, plus the HMO and that's really got our cash flow where where it needs to be we chose that because we we like it it's a set and forget we didn't want something we didn't want to create ourselves a new job mm -hmm. and we really didn't feel that buy to lets would do that don't get me wrong we got attracted by the shiny penny service accommodation HMOs <laughs> um, but you know once we tried both of them strategies we just knew going forward, the lifestyle we wanted, buy to lets was the way to go for us. Mm -hmm. And so how you raised the money for doing a lot of these projects from investors, right? Yeah. So um, I started in the business September 18, March 19. We didn't have any, we had one investor that was um, in the family basically mm -hmm. to fund some of the projects. Uh, but we obviously had a chunk of money ourselves, but as we all know, it gets tied up in legals, waiting for completion, etc. So um, we used our money very quickly and we didn't want it to stop. So we had to think of something else. And that's why we kind of took the leap out, or should I say I did, and started going on social media, telling people about our business to mm -hmm. raise money for our um, journey, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what platforms firstly do you use on social media what's your main platforms my go-to is facebook okay. um it's where i the thing i loved about facebook is obviously it was my native platform so to speak so i grew up with it from uni the other ones at the start were a little bit overwhelming like you know i've been on linkedin for years but never really used it Instagram, I couldn't work out why I could log, log on from a laptop. I had to do it from a phone. Um, so I just focus purely on um, Facebook to start off with. Um, and the greatest power I found from that was um, community groups. Mm -hmm. So property groups, being able to post into them was really kind of what built up my personal brand, us as a business in our, in our area and created the... Um, investment opportunities really so Facebook for me was and still is to be fair the go-to one <laughs> and so how do you attract investors to want to invest in your deals so when I first started on social media so just over a year ago now um 
I didn't really know what to post. Many people who I speak to now, because obviously we have um, a training arm of our business, which is social media for property investors. And the main thing is content. So I started trying a few bits of content that I thought might work. Some of it got engagement, some of it didn't. But the critical thing I found was actually um, telling people about the projects that we were working on. Mm -hmm. So social proof. And what I do find is a lot of people in any industry may say they're doing something, but there's no proof to back it up. And for me, that's what really built up our know, like and trust is because people were seeing, we were buying these projects, they were seeing a weekly update, they were seeing how long it was taking us for us to turn them around and tenant them, but they were also seeing the quality of work. So really instilling confidence in them that we could fulfill what we were saying we were going to do. So that was the critical thing for us was the social proof. Mm-hmm. And can I just ask, just for anybody yeah. out there who thinks that these things happen overnight, how long did it take you to build your brand on social media from like, how many posts do you reckon you had to do before? Oh, oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot there. But I just, let's just unearth the reality of this because it's not, you don't just post one post, right? No, so I really went into it kind of feet first. I posted every day for 30 days on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. So that was obviously every day, three posts, personal and business pages. So probably five posts a day for 30 days. Wow. Really trying to build it up as much as I could. Plus, obviously, on top of that, posting into community groups because you can't obviously pre-schedule things into there. So yeah probably five six posts a day okay okay and and were you are you repurposing the same post or are you putting different posts on different platforms when I first started it was different posts Mm. um I wasn't you know my my background in marketing but because it was something I'd always known i.e it was equestrian whereas this was property yeah and I wasn't quite sure what was going to get the engagement and what Mm. wasn't so it really was just trial and error but after I would say after four or five weeks I kind of knew what was going to work and what wasn't um and then I just then started doing using evergreen content could repurpose it onto different platforms and now, you know, we're trying to build up a, um, the YouTube side of our business. Obviously, that's huge. Um, but really, video for me is always live video in Facebook is what's really generated the reach mm-hmm. um, and the interaction from people. Amazing. So how long are you spending on social media a day? If you ask me, probably two hours. If you ask my husband, probably a lot longer. <laughs> Um, I try and do it so I, I, I try and do a little bit of exercise in the morning I try and have about an hour in the morning and then an hour when my little girl's gone to bed in the night I do probably have a little look sometimes during the day but what I do do because you can get obviously sucked into it and carried away is if anyone's got an iPhone you can set up timers and it literally just disables all of your apps and that's what I've had to do otherwise I'm, I, I, it is, it's an obsession I'm not going to lie yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, I, we were saying beforehand, I've had to just put social media away for the time being. Um, one of, actually, whilst we're on this conversation, a lot of people have said to me the same 
uh, question, we were discussing this before, how have you been dealing with social media during COVID-19? Because it feels like it's just completely changed, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, for me, it's a little bit of um, self-preservation. So I don't follow as many people as I used to, or I've kind of, I just don't engage in their content because I, there's a lot of negativity on social media. And for me, I don't want that to kind of come into my personal space. I think we need to protect ourselves from it. There's a lot of things about conspiracy theories, about, you know, all doom and gloom about COVID. Yes, it's not a great situation we're in, but it's also a massive opportunity. And I don't think people are really shouting about that enough whether it's a massive opportunity within your business or for your personal brand and growth. Um, I just think there's, you know, there's always polar opposites in everything. And yes, what we're in is uncertain times, but there's also going to be great opportunities that come from this with mm -hmm. a lot of things, whether it's personal or business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. So yeah, just kind of shielding myself from the naysayers and the negativity, I must say. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's okay for everybody listening if you're overwhelmed by the amount of social media content to just shut it off it will still be there when you come oh, back gosh. or tomorrow or friday or honestly sometimes i mean I, I i genuinely love social media i really really do but i do get to a point sometimes during the week where it's i've had too much I, i've been on it too much and i it drains me because of people's negative energy, if you want to say I'll post, you know. So I'll I'll just not go on it for a couple of days and I'll refocus and think, right, I'm gonna go back on it. Because I'm not a negative person. I'll try and see the positives in anything. Um I feel like now is the best time to be on social media to grow your personal brand, mm. seek new business opportunities. So you should be doing it, but I think just be a little bit more mindful of who you're following, what type of content and um, look out for the signs that maybe it's a little bit overwhelming and just take yourself away for a couple of days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So do you find properties on social media? And if so, how do you choose which properties are legitimately a deal and which are just a load of nonsense? <laughs> um, so I'm really fortunate that I have a very good VA who yeah. um, goes into kind of local Facebook groups and basically um, scrapes them of potential deals. So she has a very specific kind of between this amount, three beds, square footage, certain streets that we want to invest in. So it's no different to me contacting an estate agent, if I'm completely honest. She's just finding the leads on there. So she scrapes right move. It's For me, it's no different. Mm -hmm. The process is still the same. She's going to find the initial lead of something of a potential. I'll then call them up and then it's, it is a fit. You know, we go view the property. So I would never just buy anything online. Um, but you can get some great opportunities because obviously a lot of them potentially don't want to be paying estate agent's fees. And it's normally for a reason mm -hmm. um, that they want to offload pretty quickly. So we can work out a win-win situation without the pressure of loads of other viewings. So um, we have picked up a couple of properties that way. But yeah, we just we just do this exactly the same process. We just use a VA to scrape different groups. Mm -hmm. So you right set the parameters of what you're looking to invest in give that to your yeah. VA and your VA goes yeah. through the groups and then yeah. your VA would just give you the contact details and say here's what I found you you contact them 
100%, yeah. And then do you ever get on the phone with somebody and they give you just information which you know maybe isn't true or they've over-egged it? Do you ever have that? Um, I haven't, if I'm honest. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Personally, no. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to go view the property, so you're going to find out. Mm-hmm. And before you get too far down that road, and it's all about doing your due diligence with anything you do in property, but more obviously very specifically when you're going to purchase a property yeah you must do as much dd as possible and for us we know our areas really well um so we only invest um our obviously our money and investors money if they want us to obviously purchase them a property or whatever in areas that we already have quite Mm -hmm. a few um properties because we can push the ceiling we know the areas inside out we know the demographic um so we are very um, targeted in where we do buy properties. So we probably drove past it several times. We know exactly what it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So how do you sift through the good people from the scammers on social media? And I use scammers because that seems to be the the term that people use from me, use when they speak to me and they're like, who is a scammer? And I, I don't know. How do you decide who the good people are, who the bad people are? So in regards to investors, we have a bit of a process. Well, in everything we do, we have a bit of a process. Okay. So with my, back, my sales background, it's all about customer journeys, for example. So if we are putting out content to attract an investor, potentially, we never just pick up the phone and have a phone conversation and waste our time or whatever. There's a, there is a, a, so a process. So we'll get the lead. We'll then say to them, if you're interested in working with us, because a lot of them will say, oh, just add me to your, your email list. Well, we don't work like that. We, we're not, I'm not going to go out and spend my time looking for properties and send them out to a mass mailing list without any, any of your investors qualified. It's just not how we're going to do business. So we go out, we, um, they send us uh, an inquiry. We then say, if you're interested in working with us, can you please fill in our investor registration form? Now, there's about 12 questions on there. They're not yes and no answers. They're things like, what is a good investment uh, look like to you? What type of um, a, what re- um, return on capital employed are you expecting? Is this short-term or long-term plan? Why are you getting into property, et cetera, et cetera. There's loads of questions like that. So they're not, they have to type them. They're not just yes or no questions. And we always ask them to put a, attach a form of ID. Mm-hmm. So if they don't attach any ID, we don't speak to them because it won't let them set, submit the form back. Now, if someone genuinely just doesn't want to send it but is really interested in working with you, they will get in contact with you one, two, maybe three more times and say you've not got back to us, so we've not sent you a proof of um, ID. But like, yeah, I appreciate that, but until we've had that initial, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, you can get a good gauge on somebody, and I always do go with my gut instinct, and it's normally right. Um, but once they've filled that in, then we have an email campaign that's linked up to, and then we set them off as a series of emails. The first one is, let's book a one-to-one 15 minute call mm-hmm. now the reason why it's 15 minutes is because people would like to tell you about the family and the weather and as much as as nice as that can be um 
I'd love to have an hour to speak to every single person that I am um, come into contact with, but I just don't have that time. So I say 15 minutes. If I know the call's no good, I can terminate the call after 15 minutes. If it's of value, we can work together. I can always say, look, we can let's continue the conversation. We can make up however long. Before we source anything for anybody, um, or they want to work with us on a monetary value, so lend on a return, they have to then send us proof of funds, proof of address, um, and another potentially if we've got business partners, their ID, etc. Um, until all that's complete, we don't do anything. We don't mm-hmm. transfer funds. We don't find properties, and they, you know, they go go direct to potentially an estate agent. We don't do any of that. Um, we don't. Well, we do have non-disclosure agreements, but they're not worth the paper they're written on. So if someone does do something to us and obviously it's not how we work, we just won't work with them again. You know, yeah. it's just that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we have that process is because obviously when you are on social media, you get an absolute influx of people asking you loads and loads and loads and loads of questions. My husband calls them brain thieves. <laughs> Yeah. Now, <laughs> it's a genuine, like some people are really genuine and I, I don't mind. I do have a rule. I only reply to five of them a day. I don't reply to any more because you literally can spend all day on social media replying to all the questions. If it's something that they desperately, desperately want me to answer, they will find a way of getting in contact with me because there's several social media channels. Um, I've never been burnt by a scammer, touch wood. Mm-hmm. But with the investors, I think that does put them off because when I first started doing it, I was getting so many calls on the phone for so long. Um, I send people deals and they didn't, you know, they just didn't come back to you. And it's like I'm wasting my time here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have got a pretty stringent to get a phone call. Really, you've got to fill this massive form in to get onto the next stage. We've got to have a, a consultation, and then you've got to send me all your proof of address. Um, proof of funds etc so I do think it does kind of weed out the chaff as we call it Mm -hmm. (laughs) I get it I get it Um, and so that's then where the trust comes from right because you've gone through such a stringent process yeah definitely and it's got to be a two-way thing you know it's a relationship and it genuinely is so the investors we um, work with some of them have been with us from the start and, you know, they've gone from wanting to buy their own property portfolio. So now saying, do you know what? We'd just rather lend you the money and get a return. Um, that's the kind of relationship, you know, we know what the wife or husband's called. We know what the children's called. We know what the dog's called. It's that type of relationship. Um, and for us, once someone's invested with us, we've never had someone go elsewhere. Um, just because, obviously, we say and do what well, we do, what we say we're going to do. Um if we are going to run over time, we will tell them and they're quite happy. Like now, we've got um, uh, three investors that have just um, kind of come to the... So some people invest with us on a per-project basis. Some are like two, three years. So we've just had a couple of people where their money's tied up in the project longer than it should be. And they said, you know what? I would rather leave it with you because if, if you send it back to me, it's not going to be anything anyway. So... I'd rather it stays with you for longer. It, it makes it's better for us. So just keep it, keep it another 12 months. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, great. Perfect. Um, but 
but that's but it's been consistent you need to be consistent on social media to build up the trust and that's what a lot of the feedback i've got from investors i've got from um facebook especially is they see people come and go they see people come and tell them how amazing you know tell people how amazing what they're doing is but actually they've gone in six months and when it all goes to shit they all come back on social media again and try again and it's like hang on a minute, if you were just consistent from the first place, you probably wouldn't have fallen. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good tip, really good tip. Stay consistent. Consistent. <laughs> just be consistent daily, that's what it takes. I wish I could be like that with my exercise, but unfortunately not. <laughs> You're not on Joe Wicks, that's all I'm doing at every lunchtime, like 20 minute hit session. Should the only way I managed to keep it going. Find excuses for that time. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the future looking like for you? What's the career of a full-time property investor like yourself? Where are you going? Like, what do you see happening in the long term for you guys? So we've got a really good team behind us now, which is which is good. So um, from every aspect, so like... Um, one of our JV partners at the moment on the new build, he's also um, the site manager. So going forward, he's going to be taking up more of that role. So James doesn't have to be involved on the day-to-day basis and he can kind of work on the business with me. Um, going forward for us, 18 to 12, uh, two years time, we just want to focus 100% on new build developments. Mm-hmm. We love buy to let and if a great opportunity come across, obviously we would purchase it. But really, that's where we want to be. We've kind of got to where we need to be on the covering your expenditure every month plus some. So mm. we're happy with that and we want the more chunky money. So that's where developments is for us. And when we're doing developments, we want to do a proportion of build to rent and build to sell. So we're still building up as rent as rent portfolio, but then you're getting them chunks of money. And so that's really what we want to be doing. Be a, bit, a little bit more hands off. And obviously all this is eradicated, just spend some time where we want to be with who we want to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know, at the moment and for the last 18, well, 18 months, um, you know, we work stupid hours and we really do. But there is a saying, I'm probably going to say this saying completely wrong. We're sacrificing what others want so we can have what others never will. Yeah. Um, and I genuinely believe that, that we are, you know, our lifestyle was very different before we started we like literally sold everything um we had a boat we had a holiday home literally the whole lot we sold so we could condense that money and invest it in property mm-hmm. because we know we get it back but people don't make them sacrifices and if we hadn't there's no way we'd be fighting to get us way back to where we were because we were too comfortable yeah yeah and so final question we're dealing with a global pandemic as we all know, we're knee deep in COVID-19. Do you see this having any impact on changing the property industry long-term? I do, yes. But I think, not in regards to property prices, I'm not talking about that, but I think going forward, it's a massive realisation for many businesses that are especially involved in property, they need to be digital. So for example, you know, I've spoke to a lot of estate agents today. They can't even offer me a video viewing, which is terrible. You know, in this day and age, they all should be doing video viewings and 
their businesses literally shut down overnight because they didn't do something as simple as a video viewing. Mm -hmm. So I think going forward, I think people's businesses are going to be definitely pushing more digital, a lot more online and social media. I think investors, you know, they can't, you can't, you know, we're having a conversation now. You're, you know, you're in New York, well, Brooklyn, New York, I'm in the UK. We're doing this digitally. Um, if this isn't a kick or if this isn't a kick for people to think, do you know what? I've got to take the plunge. I've got to get myself on there on social media. I've got to put my business more digitally. Nothing ever will. Um, and if you don't do it now, your business will fail. So for me, I think it's a real wake-up call for the property industry to move with the times because times have changed and this makes it more prolific, well, more relevant than ever mm-hmm. that you've got to do this. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I agree with you. Laura, thank you for coming on my podcast today. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Everybody, no, go and listen to the Propertypreneur podcast. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> Um, I'm going to put the link below and also the link to Laura's social media as well in the show notes. Go take a look, please. (laughs) You will get so much out of it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. If you have liked this podcast, make sure that you give it a five-star review because that helps other people see this podcast and find all of the goodness in it. So make sure you do that. Thank you for listening. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.